The Make My Damn Movie Podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion advised. Here we go. Film, entertainment, screenplay, Mark Reynolds, Tom Swain. This is Make My Damn Movie. Right around the corner... We're going to go over why less is more in a screenplay. We were just talking about that earlier. Less is up. And uh, quite a few of our listeners felt the need to commiserate with my wife, Brenda, <laughs> over how she has to put up with all the shit that frequently flows out of my mouth. Calm down. Yeah. She's used to it. It's fine. I think it's fine. I'll try to do better, though. You know, I heard you can improve your relationship by taking a road trip. Oh, really? I'm just going to have to remember to call her every once in a while to let her know where I am. Whoop. Good night, everybody. <laughs> anyway, also wanted to bring up the high volume of text messages we received regarding my negative comments on the quote unquote celebrity chef Guy Fieri or Guy Fierro. Yeah. Or however the hell you pronounce it. Fierro. Holy shit on a carpet flooded with comments. That like him? Interesting you say that. Okay. It was 75 to 25 split on liking or hating this suckhole bag of air. <laughs> 75 to 25 split on the yelling shit stain imbecile with frosted tips. How do you think that split went? I'm going to say 75 hate. Of course. It was 75. But this was funny. 75% pure, unadulterated hatred for that gas bag. I could see him being polarizing. Oh my gosh, it was great. But I will say, unfortunately, the 25% in the I like that shit bird column really like him. God, that's a lot. But the people that don't like him really despise him. We outnumber you. So to sum up, 25% of our audience suck a little. (laughs) But when all is said and done, if you want to like that hagfish moron, be my guest. Yeah, I guess. Lick his butthole. I don't care. Ah, no. Fondle his sack. Fine with me. Gross. Shove a up his. Go for it. (laughs) It's on you. (laughs) Have at it. All right. Go to makemydamnmovie.com. Right. Hey, Ooh. I noticed on the last podcast when we got to this point, uh-huh. I said go to radioactiverant.com. Neither one of us caught that. Whoops. <laughs> it's we did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's so many podcasts. I that we're know. Doing. So anyway. So I did it right this time. I said, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't do it right this go time. Go to the Maybe. thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You can go to makemydamnmovie.com and click on the contact page, and that's how you can get in touch with us, and we read your messages, because we get a lot of text messages. Mm -hmm. Here's some from that thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's wrong. What's happening? Okay. Do you need a drink? No, it's not that. Okay. (sighs) Holy shit. I mean of alcohol. Yeah, please. Uh, Here's some meh 
Robbie, Trenton, New Jersey, talking about using or not using italics when writing a spec script was dumb. <laughs> People should write however they choose to write, and you two asses can shut the hell up about italics or anything else for that matter. Mm. So this is, uh-huh. by far, the perfect opportunity for me to demonstrate audible italics describing Robbie. I'm going to take my headphones off right now. You're a fuckface. <laughs> You're welcome. Mandy, South Lake, Texas. The discussion on the use of italics in a screenplay was a pretty good subject. There you go. I never thought about it, and I am in agreement to never use bold quotes, underscoring, or italics when writing a script. Mm-hmm. Once again, going with audible italics. You, Mandy, are brilliant and not a flaming fuck face. Yeah. Jacob, Long Beach, California. I've been there. That was interesting. Wait, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Here we go. Stand by. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> ah, oh, that's coming out. Jacob. What the fuck? Do you need a drink? It's not a drink. Um, um. Ah. God. Uh, now you're self-conscious. I am. Yeah. All right. Jacob, Long Beach, California. That was interesting that a girl that sat in front of Mark at his high school looked like a Playboy playmate. Curious if he ever mentioned it to her. No, I was 17. <laughs> there was really no way for me to slide that in, so to speak. Oh. Trevor, <laughs> Columbia, South Carolina. I watched a few episodes of Secrets of Playboy on A&E, and all I can say is yikes. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, head scratching on that. Yeah, I you haven't have seen it. I've just watched and binged Yellow Jackets. Yeah, well... The A&E Secrets of Playboy, it's worth a look if you have time for 78 episodes of a documentary. Yikes. Never ends. No. Alyssa, White Plains, New York. I like your podcast, but I draw the line at douche runoff. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, Alpine, California. The evolution of Make My Damn Movie is quite remarkable. I just started listening to recent episodes and was curious about what early episodes were like. What a difference. Uh, Love Make My Damn Movie. Yeah, they went from pretty shitty to a little less shitty, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. You know, I was listening to a couple of uh, very early episodes Mm -hmm. the other night. Cringeworthy doesn't even come close. Oh, (laughs) we thought they were okay. (laughs) And we did. Live and learn. I might take them off. I'm not kidding. They were really bad. Not that these are any good, but you know what I mean? It's like, all right, there's your messages. Those were your messages. Those were your messages. We hope to hear from you next time. All right, there we go. Messages, and you can do that. You can go to makemydamnmovie.com. That's the the comments page. Not the other one. Let's move this train wreck along and uh, go to the movie quotes game. I read a movie quote. You try to tell me what movie it's from. Here's your first one out of three. I try. He's so cheesy. I can't watch him without crackers. That's pretty easy. Is it? Oh, yeah. Uh Oh, Oh, no. No. That would be Lelena, Winona Ryder's character from Reality Bites. Uh, you got it wrong. What the hell? I thought it was easy. Okay, here's your name. You sit there typing all day like a fat little pigeon. Oh, uh, really? Uh, wow, that's disappointing. This looks going to be painful because this sounds very familiar. Mama, throw Mama from the chat. Uh, Yeah. Here's your third one. 
I was a better man with you as a woman than I ever was with a woman as a man. Classic. I'll give you that hint. Oh! You got it? No. Tootsie! Very nice. You got it. You got one. Thank God. There you go. And we move on to the Trivial Pursuit TV trivia cards. From the game. Without the game. Without the game that I found in my garage. Just the cards. That's all that was left. That's it. No game. No directions, no history cards, no science cards. No other cards. Nothing but the TV. Here's your first one. And leave it to Beaver. Uh What vegetable does Beaver refuse to eat? Classic episode. Oh, carrots. Brussels sprouts. Here's your next one. What city did one day at a time take place? Chicago. Indianapolis, Indiana. Close. Mm. Here's your third one. What was Fred's nickname for his son Lamont in Sanford and Son? <gasps> was it um, Dummy? Yes. Okay. I would have also Wait taken Big Dummy. Big Dummy? But yeah. yes, Dummy is correct. Wow. You got oh, one. Oh, man. You usually don't get any one. of those. Yeah. So good job on that. Moving along. This is going to be a short one today, thankfully. (laughs) It's time for the stat picks. That's a thing. That's right. Where we do stat picks, we attempt to force you to watch the movies that we like. You can go to MakeMyDamnMovie.com to see our list of stat picks if you want to. And uh, what's yours? Mine is... Heat from 1995, directed mm. by Michael Mann. Okay. Starring everybody and their brother. Yeah. Uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, Ashley Judd, John Voight, Natalie Portman, okay. Henry Rollins, and Danny Trejo is in this even. Mm, yeah, he is. Master criminal Neil McCauley is trying to control the stupid actions of one of his men, and what a fucking idiot that dude is, while also planning one last big heist before retiring. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Hannah attempts to track down McCauley as he deals with the chaos in his own life. This movie, holy shit, it's awesome. It is It's good. up there. It's in my top five. Really? favorite movies of all time. The character development in this is amazing, and it takes its time to make you invested in them. And uh, for me, it's one of the greatest shootouts ever filmed. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Remember in 1997, there was that North Hollywood shootout where the bank robbers were Oh, yeah. Shooting cops in the street. And I was like, holy shit, this is heat come to life. It is. Oh, see it. Heat. Now, I just watched this last night. It's called Career Opportunities from 1991. Oh, yeah. It stars Frank Whaley and Jennifer Connelly. John Hughes wrote it. Yes. Okay. And I call this the Target movie because most of it takes place in the Target store. Mm -hmm. That's why. Now, when night shift custodian Jim, Frank Whaley, is accidentally locked up alone in a store where he's the night janitor. He realizes he has access to the entire building, Mm -hmm. and he decides to treat himself to the unlimited supply of free food and merchandise (laughs) at his fingertips. That's a no-no. Yes, definitely. later on in the night, Jim receives a very pleasant surprise. He bumps into local rich girl Josie, Jennifer Connelly, Uh who is also locked up in the store for the night, and they quickly bond. But... Just after they bang, 
Josie and Jim are interrupted by two small-time robbers. Check out Career Opportunities. It's a very good. John Candy has a very minor role in it, but it's rare. I don't remember him. You don't? I just remember Jennifer Connelly and falling madly, deeply in love with her. Yeah. (laughs) That freaking movie. Yeah, I love that movie. John Candy was the Target store manager. Oh. He was interviewing Jim. Frank Whaley for the job. And, they and, lo- and does he lock him in to no. the store? Somebody locks him in there for the, the night, night. The night guy. Okay. The, okay, yeah. let's move on to the thing. All right. So this is what Our we're going to talk about. Main subject. Less is more when it comes to screenplays. Ain't that the truth? Uh-huh. So with writing a screenplay, it's really easy to get lost in the material. We were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. And if you're anything like me, well, good for you. <laughs> But when I start a new project, the words flow like diarrhea spurting out of a dude that doesn't know when to say thank you. I've had enough milk and broccoli. Out of Guy Fierro. There you go. So I'm telling you, you got to paint that picture. We Uh say it all the time, blah, blah, blah. But you got to know when enough is enough. Got to know when to fold them. What happens when a screenplay that should most definitely be 90 to whatever pages? 120. Yeah. But when it ends up being 302, that's not good. <laughs> that's a problem. Man, that happened to me a lot. <laughs> but when it happens to the best of us, and I should know, because I am the best of us. <laughs> All right. Anyway, when it comes to screenwriting, I am, and other stuff too. But I digress. Let's move away from me. <laughs> so you sit down to write day after life-sucking day, uh-huh. and it spills out onto the page. And that's good. You got to yes. get it all out, right? Exactly. Like the dude with the milk and broccoli that <laughs> spews and does the thing. <laughs> then you whittle it. You but, whittle it and whittle it down. Yep. When all is said and done, you got to get rid of a bunch of scenes. And yeah. that is hard to do, especially if those scenes have been in the script from the beginning. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. You can't be objective because those are your words. I get it. It's like, you know, cutting one of your fingers off. Right. Those are the words you sweat over by God, and they're great. Yeah. And that's all there is to it, right? A lot of them probably aren't great. But you never know that no. until it's out of there, and you're like, hmm, didn't even miss it. Bottom line, get rid of shit. Yeah. Less is more. What do we just say? I had dozens of scenes in my opinion were stupendous. Right. I'd read them to you and we'd laugh hysterically. Right? Yes. One of them was so good that we had to take it out of one screen and put it in another one. Put it in the other one because it made more sense to go in the other one. You know, you just gotta kind of watch what you're doing. And in the beginning, it's easy to get lost. The longer these things remain in the screenplay, the more difficult it is to remove them. Believe you me, because you just definitely they're there, they're there, they're there. Take for instance my first screenplay called Radio Chaos. Here's a log line. (laughs) Log line. Radio Chaos. (laughs) A gung-ho teen in 1981 recruits college-age rebels to hijack a sleazy owner's rural radio station to use it as an audition to land a job at the number one rock station in the city. Yeah. That's that one, okay? The story is based on real events that happened to me when I was a kid and got my very first radio gig, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I packed that thing with every single thing I could remember from that time period. Everything. I would mention something I did to you, Tom. Uh Uh-huh. And we were like, that's got to be in the script. Well, let's put it in. And then it went. Uh-huh. And it should never have gone in. No. But it did. But then you go back and you rewrite, and you have to be completely honest with yourself, and that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Very hard to do. But that happened to me, so it has to be in there. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. It's brilliant. It's never been seen before. And there's a probably a good reason for that. 
But exactly. you got to get rid of stuff. Like the opening scene involving a stereo and sunbathing, oh, we thought that yeah. was a killer scene in this script. Yeah. It has nothing to do with radio. It has nothing to do with the oh. story. It was just something I did as a stupid teenager. And you thought it was great, and I thought it was a great little like um, vignette. Right, but, and it stayed uh, in there forever, and it yeah. should have never been in there in the first place. Mm. There was also, in that screenplay, Radio Chaos, a record store scene. Ah, uh, yes. Where the kids went into a record store to get albums to play on this radio station, and I actually went to an old record store slash head shop <laughs> and bought albums yeah. to play on that radio it's station. Still around. And that scene went on and on uh-huh. and on and on, and it had to come out. And we thought it was great. Of course. There was a scene in my grandmother's backyard back when oh, I was a kid. Yeah. I would take girls to my grandmother's house and park in her huge backyard. It was directly off a gravel alleyway, and we'd go and make out. I would never think to do that anywhere around my grandmother's house. Well, it was hidden, and believe me, it was all written out in the screenplay. Yeah. Like, in great detail. And we thought that would be a great scene for the screenplay. No, it was stupid. It was dumb, Mm -hmm. but it was in there forever. So these are mostly things I brought up in casual conversation. We ended up truly believing they would be part of a great movie. Right. Right? But -uh. maybe in like a a novel, but you gotta gotta trim all that down. You do have to trim it down. There were tons more of those types of scenes, and that's why the original drafts were almost 200 pages. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Now the screenplay, it's been craftfully edited to an extraordinarily slick script, but it took a bunch of rewrites. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. And a ton of deleting irrelevant scenes. Uh-huh. Huh? Less is more. There That's you go. True. Don't be a dummy. Dummy. <laughs> and it's really hard to do because you and I would sit there and I would say, I did this. And you go, well, that's pretty interesting. That's weird. That's different. Put it in the script. Let's put it in. And then I would go and I would start typing Uh detail after long detail. You would have three pages of nothing. Excruciating detail that didn't really paint a good scene. We were just talking about that particular screenplay. And I had a scene in there where there's the station manager and the kid and the owner of the radio station. And the kid's going in there to persuade this owner this scumbag oh, owner the first one to let him work there for free right. just to keep the station on the air mm-hmm. not telling the owner that he was going to change the format which is behind his back no-no. however that scene was six fucking pages yeah. and it's now a page <laughs> Oh, wow. But it just went on and on and on, and it just didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But it was in there forever. And then I had to start thinking, and, yeah. less is more. You, you, I remember you going into that specific scene and going in and whittling it down yeah. every time you would go in there. Oh, this doesn't need to be in there. And also, you changed the antagonists in that scene, too. Right. Because they were like nice jovial guys. old men. And they weren't. No. In real life, they weren't. They were assholes. So, so anyway, the point is less is more. Yeah, and it made it a thousand times better. It is a thousand times better. So there you go. There's your thing on the show 
with the people talking into the microphone. That's us. And I think that's all I got. That's it? Yeah. All right. I'm glad because this was shit. What? I didn't like it. What the hell are you talking about? Earlier we said the earlier episodes were shit. <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of bookending them. Oh, it's kind of like a horseshoe theory. Yeah. So it's the... <laughs> I can't. I can't. Let's get out of here. I want to... Yeah, you go to the website if you want to get in touch with us. That's makebydamnmovie.com. All right, bye. Yeah, bye.